the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Tonight we're going to return to our study of the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, where the author spends a great deal of time trying to put into words, or actually putting into words, what faith is. And as I have said many times, faith is really the life's blood of living the abundant life that Christ died to give us. If all we take away from salvation is literally, our trip to heaven, then we are so poor. We are so robbed of all that God intended. Because this world is our classroom. And it has literally been put together in such a way to provoke us to faith so that we may live in the abundance of Christ in every moment, in every event, in every circumstance. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Well, on the surface that sounds like a hard message and one that might be difficult for you to grasp, but what he is basically telling you, do not fear, I have overcome the world. And he is saying, you can look past the trouble of this world into the victory that I have given you. You can literally embrace the truth of all that I have brought to you, and this world will provoke that. In this world, you will be reminded that I am victorious. In this world, you'll be provoked into faith. Not faith in something that will happen, but the reality of what has already happened at the center of your being as God has made you a new creation. And as a new creation, we can walk in victory. We don't have to listen to the fell voices of fear and doubt and accusation. We don't have to embrace those things because they are not true of us. In this particular passage, we are going to study the life of Enoch. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Enoch. He's mentioned briefly in a couple of places in the Word of God. Not a lot of attention has been given him, except for the fact you hear people putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that Enoch didn't have to die. Enoch was literally taken from this earth 
And he was taken by God, translated is another word that's used, translated into the heavenly kingdom. Now, that is not the most impactful thing of Enoch's life. That is the culmination of all that God worked in his life. We're going to talk about that. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, our author is demonstrating for these Hebrew believers that the new covenant emphasis of faith is not a new way. It's not a new way of pleasing God. But in fact, it has been the only way from the very beginning. And he does this by pointing to the faith of their founding fathers. And the author of Hebrews pins the Holy Spirit's viewpoint concerning these men. And he goes through his, the history of Israel, proving that these men did not please God through works or rituals, but by faith. So they were declared righteous because of their determination to believe, to walk by faith. And that faith resulted in their obedience to the word of God. Their works didn't save them. Their faith in God saved them. And the enemy is always about twisting. So in the twist, he has completely flipped that around to where we have an emotional predisposition to believe that we work first, and we have faith second. We're obedient first, and God proves that he is faithful second in terms of our faith. Now, faith believes that God is faithful before we ever enter into the work. Faith believes that no matter what the result of that work, that God has been faithful. Faith says, I cannot make a judgment concerning the things of my life, I have to accept that I am his sheep and he is guiding me according to his will. Now, if you don't walk in that truth in terms of his sovereignty over your life, then you're constantly, whether you like it or not, you've relegated yourself to a system of works. It says, if I do this, that will happen. It's a, it is action-provoking consequence all through your life. So if I do the right things, if I act the right way, if I do all the right things, then God will bless me. Well, that is a legalistic system. God doesn't bless you because you do the right things. God blesses you because he's your father. I did not give things to my children because they were always obedient. Now, granted, I did withhold some things when they weren't. But I gave out of my heart for them, not out of their earning. And this is true of God in his heart for men. Now, you will remember that one of the principal verses in the book of Hebrews comes at the end of chapter 10, verse 38, that tells us that the just shall live by faith. It's a quote from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. The Jewish people had allowed the flesh and the enemy to so distort and humanize the word of God that it became a man-centered religion in, in service of a distant God that must be appeased by their works. Now, we are New Covenant believers. We are New Testament believers. We would never embrace anything like that, would we? Hmm? Well, in fact, we do. We get distracted with our works. And we believe that God either blesses us or curses us on the basis of what we do, 
rather than on the basis of what Christ has done. This is a work of the enemy, and it's always the work of the enemy to move us from living by faith to living by the works of our hands. Now look, you know the truth of faith. You've heard it, you've read it, and you've experienced it. But God will never move you away from faith. He will never move you away from faith. Now, I know that nowadays there's a lot of people that operate on faith if it's needed. But the Christian life is faith consistently, constantly, moment by moment, recognizing that you're walking with Him. Here's the thing, if I, if I recognize that the God of eternity and the God who loves me most is here with me in this moment, walking with me in this moment, then I don't have to spend a lot of time agonizing over my decisions. Well, I don't. The will of God will pull, pull me and direct me as I am his sheep. I just lay my decisions before him and say, You know what, Lord, I'm a sheep. I, I don't know the beginning and the end of this thing. All I know is that I have to make a decision. And what I think is the best decision at this point in time is this. But if it's not the way to go, then you're the shepherd. You can block it. You can change it. You can move me. I'm yielded to your will. And what do you really want out of life? Your will or His will? Well, I'll tell you, I want His will. Because no matter what I desire, the only pleasure there can be for me as a child of God in that thing is God. He is the reward of everything that I seek. It was the, he is the reward of my marriage, of my children, of, of this, this job. I call it a job. It's really a blessing of this. He is the reward of all things. So how difficult is it if you look at your life, if you were to take a, a quick scan over the days of your life and see the work of God, how difficult is it to say, you know what? Thy will be done. I'm going to make the best decision I can make and believe you to guide me. So, they believed that their works would either make them righteous or it would condemn them. And that's the work of the enemy. The Spirit of God wants to establish the truth in the souls of the Hebrews that he's writing to who had an, a more affinity with religion than with faith. As you will recall, he starts by reminding them of what faith is in verses 1, in verse 1. And then in 2 and 3, he declares the kind of faith that established their founding fathers and gained divine favor for those men. So I'm going to read that real quick for you. It says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is, with inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, universe, ages, were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of 
things which are visible. Now, just a quick commentary on this. Do you believe that the God who spoke the universe and the worlds in place and literally set them on course and decided their purpose before the foundations of the world were formed, do you think he might have done as much for you? Do you think that your life is really a matter of decisions and variables and destiny and the will of man and all of those things? If you live like that, you're living like a man without God. Because that's how they live. Now, they believe that God has no influence over their lives. But in reality, God holds their lives. And you know what? They know God holds their lives, but they will neither acknowledge Him as God, nor will they see Him in the works of His hands. And that's what a godless man does. Because all... The earth bears testimony of him. Now that's a very simple testimony. And it's one that the flesh will continually blind us to by means of the temporal and the circumstances of our lives. But you know, it's a big relief to me to know that I'm not in charge. How about you? It's a huge relief to me that I don't have to have all the right answers. How about that? It is such a blessing to say... Now listen to this, I don't know. That's a huge blessing. And you know what? I say it more now than I've ever said in my life. I've grown into this. I understand that I don't know. Now, the order in which the Spirit of God follows in this chapter is is very progressive and purposeful, as always. It's not random. Each name brings a progressive revelation of how God desired to interact with man, man in general. And he begins in Genesis, a book that the Hebrews that he's speaking to would know intimately because they've been taught it from birth. And you will recall that in the beginning, God determined to interact with man. That was his desire. So he would come down, and the scripture says that he would interact with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Because God doesn't like to perspire. No, I think it's an interesting note that God really doesn't care about the temperature. He came to them when it would be most comfortable for them to walk about and interact with Him. Now, isn't that something? Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were quite glad that the Lord wasn't sensitive to temperature. Right? If you don't know anything about that, you might well look that up. So, he comes down in the cool of day, and here's the thing, he comes down for the specific purpose of interacting with them. Now remember, this is before they had received the Spirit, or we have to receive the Spirit of God within them. So, the interaction that God would give to them would, because there was no sin, would be just like me communicating with you, without any Barriers, just us being together, sitting down, talking, walking along together, sharing our hearts with one another. And this is a very free-flowing, a very free-flowing relationship. 
Because as God is interacting with them, there is no hesitancy on their part. There's no withholding of anything on their part. They're both very free and very open, and God is able to share with them openly. Now, do you think that God sent Jesus to rectify the condition of man in such a way and literally make a new creation out of you so that your relationship with Him could be halting, could be distant, could be uncomfortable or awkward? Do you think that? No, if you're feeling those things, you need to dismiss the enemy out of your ear. Because the reality is that when you're with God and you're speaking to Him, you are more accepted in His presence than anywhere else on the face of the earth. Or anywhere else for that matter. You can receive His love willingly and openly. And you know what? There isn't anything that God doesn't know about you. Nothing. There is fellowship for the child of God. So he comes down there, and the point is that he desired to walk with man from the very beginning. This wasn't a new inclination. From the very beginning, he desired relationship with man. And after writing about the creation of the world in verse 3, the author begins naming the men of old, which he mentions in verse 2, by, and who by faith div, uh, gained divine approval. These are the guys. And he begins in verse 4 with the second son of Adam, Abel. And we looked at that last week. Then today we are going to look at Enoch, who's named in verses 5 and 6. And we can learn a little bit about this somewhat mysterious man in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. Where it says, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God 300 years after the birth of Methuselah and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365. And in reverent fear and obedience, Enoch walked with God. And he was not found among men because God took him away to be home with him. Now, Enoch lived a long time by our standards, and he lived on the earth 365 years, and the scripture tells us that he walked in fellowship with God for 300 years. Apparently, he didn't start till he was 65 and had Methuselah, so having kids will do that to you. Literally, he was in direct fellowship with God for the remaining 300 years. Now, I don't think Methuselah was that bad. I think that's when he... He made a determination in his life. But it starts there. And he abided in the communion he had with God. And that is Enoch's outstanding characteristic. He abided in communion. He walked in unceasing fellowship. He walked with God. And you remember that Adam and Eve also walked with God for a short time. But they didn't do it by faith. Enoch, by faith, lived in the fellowship that Adam and Eve had lost because of sin. They had forfeited it because of sin. Now, as I said, you who are believers have learned that revelation is a progressive process. 
So we have a progression beginning with Abel, who illustrates a man's need for a sacrifice in order to have fellowship with God. And Abel came before God in faith believing and obediently offered the sacrifice. And he illustrates that we begin our, Ill, our relationship with God by faith through the sacrificial death. And then we have Enoch, who no doubt had been faithful to offer those sacrifices for his sin. And he illustrates what it is, the next step in our maturity after salvation, to walk with God. And after the sacrifice had been made, Enoch demonstrates for 300 years the determination of faith to live in the context of his fellowship with God. This is step by step. This is the next step in growing and maturing in Christ. So let's look at our text for today and we'll begin by reading Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 6. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, universe, ages were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the Word of God, so that what is seen may not was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which it, is, it was testified of him that he was righteous, upright, in right standing with God, and God testified by accepting his gift. And though he died, yet through this act of faith, he still speaks. By faith that pleased God... Enoch was caught up and taken to heaven so that he would not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For even before he was taken to heaven, he received the testimony still on record that he had walked with God and pleased him. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists. He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Enoch lived by faith, therefore he pleased God by his living. Enoch lived by faith, therefore he pleased God by his living. The original Hebrew translated translated just as it is written. He walked with God. The Septuagint translates it as he pleased God or pleases God. The two phrases are used interchangeably. To walk with God is to please God. To please God, you must have faith, which is clearly stated in verse 6. Now, we as new creations were made to walk, to interact, to live in the fellowship of God by faith. It is impossible to live in the reality of this apart from faith, because we physically live by sight. But we are called to live by faith that comprehends as fact 
what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us, So when we look at the things which are seen, when we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen, for the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. So what is what Paul is is communicating, we've talked about this verse many times, is that you have been translated, like Enoch was, into the eternal. And God is calling you to live according to who you are eternally. Do not live by the visible. Now that's very difficult for us because we have to interact with the physical and we have to uh, move and act according to our senses and according to what we feel and see. You know, that's how we navigate in this earth. But faith calls us to a higher existence. Faith calls us apart from the humanity into that spiritual place where we are walking and in the presence of God, literally accepted. We are spiritual beings who have an eternal life and will never perish. We are literally held together by Him and that we are in complete safety held by His love. Nothing touches your physical life apart from His will. And let me just say this, nothing touches your spiritual life, period. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 